0: Did you know that 9-11 was an inside job and that Osama had nothing to do with it? That the Twin Towers were blown apart by a sophisticated arrangement of mini or micro nukes? That Building 7 collapsed seven hours later because of explosives planted in the building? That Barry Jennings was there and heard them go off and felt himself stepping over dead people? The U.S. Geological Survey conducted studies of dust gathered from 35 locations in lower Manhattan and found elements that would not have been there had this not been a nuclear event. Ironically, that means the government's own evidence contradicts the government's official position. 9-11 was brought to us compliments of the CIA, the neocons in the Department of Defense, and the Mossad. Don't let yourself be played. America nuked on 9-11.
1: Hey, if you're interested in America nuked on 9-11, contact me personally. My name's Gary King, and my phone number is 504-346-4095 at Patriot Radio Books. If you happen to be in New Orleans, just stop by at 5537 Canal Boulevard and have the books in stock. Or you can order them online at PatriotRadioBooks.com. 504-346-4095.
0: This is Jim Fetzer, the Conspiracy Guy. Donald Trump, H.R. McMaster, and Rex Tillerson had now solidified their positions as the three stooges of American politics. And their performance over the last several days is the odds-on favorite to win the most uh, ridiculous a chapter in uh, diplomatic history. I mean, listen, you have to begin with the realization Assad had no chemical weapons. They were all removed uh, uh, following the United Nations adoption of a proposal from Russia, which had demonstrated that the most recent gas attacks in 2013 had not come from the Assad government, where Bashir al-Assad was... uh, in agreement with Russia on a proposal to remove all of his weapons, and that it was done under the supervision of the United Nations. I am dumbfounded that individuals I have regarded as politically astute as Tucker Carlson and Newt Gingrich have swallowed this line that Assad used chemical weapons here, when he had no chemical weapons in his arsenal. Oh, this is embarrassing. I'm relatively convinced that H.R. McMaster, who appears to have masterminded this obscene series of events, forgot that Assad had given up all of his chemical weapons. So now they're having to do this two-step and claim that Russia was incompetent, that Assad still had chemical weapons. And I'm hearing it from every side. You can't go on radio, you can't go on television without hearing this manifest absurdity that Assad still had chemical weapons. How could that have been in his interest? How could any of this have benefited the Syrian government? We, we had the acknowledgement from the Trump administration that Assad was going to remain, that we had no more desire to remove him from government. Uh, He was winning the war with the support of Russia and Iran. Uh, He wasn't... uh, Instead now, we've had this transformation of instead of uh, Donald Trump suggesting the possibility that uh, NATO was uh, a, a relic of a time past... Uh, We're now welcoming Montenegro into the alliance. The UN ambassador who just two weeks ago observed that ousting Assad was no longer a priority is now making reckless remarks about regime change. The Secretary of State, whose friendship with Vladimir Putin, threatened his appointment because he was too close with Russia is suggesting that Russia was complicit in Assad's attack or has been simply incompetent at managing its client state, Uh, it's reached the point where Vladimir Putin will not even meet with Rex Tillerson, who's in Moscow now. I mean, this is simply dumbfounding. We have Vladimir Putin... Now observing quite reasonably, quote, We have reports from multiple sources that false flag attacks like this one, and I cannot call it otherwise, are being prepared in other parts of Syria, including the southern suburbs of Damascus, Putin said Tuesday of last week's gas attack in Idlib at a press conference with Italian President Sergio Mattarella. They plan to plant some chemical there and accuse the Syrian government of another attack. President Matarella and I discussed it, and I told him this reminds me strongly of events in 2003 when the U.S. representative demonstrated at the U.N. Security Council session the presumed chemical weapons found in Iraq. Putin continued, the military campaign was subsequently launched in Iraq, and it ended with the devastation of the country, the growth of the terrorist threat, and the appearance of the Islamic state on the world stage indeed, the whole this whole unfolding episode is reminiscent to be when we see Donald Trump. Uh, expressing distress over photographs of dead women and children of the young Kuwaiti girl who testified before Congress that she had witnessed uh, uh, Iraqi soldiers dumping babies out of incubators in Iraq and leaving them to die in the cold concrete floor, where it would turn out that she was the daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador, that she had been coached by a Republican PR firm, and that she had never been into the hospital. This was part of the great double cross that George H.W. Bush perpetrated on Saddam Hussein, where April Gillespie had given Saddam the green light to go into Kuwait, which was slant drilling into the oil fields of Iraq. With her testimony, the situation emotionally reversed, Uh, H.W. issued a demand that Iraq withdraw from Kuwait but gave them too little time to do it because we're talking about an enormous military force. And as they withdrew, the American forces slaughtered, slaughtered the Iraqi army on this highway of death, on this highway of death. Uh, I mean, that's the level of integrity of the United States government, which is now on full display, to my dismay, with the Trump administration. Now, you have to appreciate the background here. Michael Flynn, remember him, Uh, Trump's first choice to be national security advisor? Trump had been, uh, Flynn had been given the boot from the Obama administration because he opposed the creation of ISIS. Let me emphasize that again. Michael Flynn was given the boot from the Obama administration because he opposed the creation of ISIS. Uh, Larry Clayman of Judicial Watch was successful persevering in obtaining documents from the Defense Intelligence Agency that showed that the United States, in collaboration with Israel and Saudi Arabia, had created ISIS to put pressure on Assad and ultimately on Iran. We have Long since established that to be the case, I have done extensive reporting. You can find it How We Know ISIS Was Made in the USA, which I published initially in Iran Review and subsequently presented to the Left Forum. How We Know ISIS Was Made in the USA. The Iraqi army shot down two UK cargo planes delivering supplies to ISIS. Uh, A week later, Iraqi Popular Forces shot down uh, an American helicopter doing the same. We have photographs of ISIS members sporting U.S. Army tattoos. Uh, The the, the files of an aide to Senator John McCain were hacked and revealed video footage of taping these propaganda ISIS beheading videos on a soundstage in Tel Aviv or even Hollywood. Go online. You'll find uh, photographs of Senator John McCain with al-Baghdadi, the head of ISIS. Search either way, John McCain with the head of ISIS, or with al-Baghdadi, who are one and the same. In Washington, D.C., ISIS is known as John McCain's army. Well, guess what? About two weeks ago, John McCain made a visit to northern Syria. And I have no doubt he helped to arrange for the what would play out now to be the alleged chemical attack by... Assad. Here's how it appears to have been done. The Turks supplied the chemical materials. Uh, The Russians, through the non-confliction line, designed to ensure that American and Russian aircraft were operating in the same airspace at the same time, notified the United States in good faith there was an attack to be conducted on this particular munitions depot. In the meanwhile, before the attack takes place, there's a substitution of the contents of the depot to include chemical weapons. The initial reports that it had been sarin gas are contradicted by the so-called White Helmets, which appear to be a mercenary propaganda group that's even supported by George Clooney, to my astonishment, were handling the victims with bare hands, which had it been sarin would have been preposterous because they then would have been killed too. Now, it was some other form of chemical attack. But bear in mind, this is simply absurd because Saddam, Bashir al-Assad had given up, surrendered all of his chemical weapons. And all this manifest abs- contention that he had some left, that he kept them back in store, is simply absurd. He, if, you, if you look at motive means an opportunity, he had the opportunity. But he had neither the motive nor the means. I mean, the situation is absurd. No serious intelligence analyst is taken in here. So we launched a missile attack in, in Syria, uh, which was, by the way, in violation of international law, uh, let, 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 including, for example, Article 33 of the Geneva Convention of 1949, which specified, specifies no person may be punished for a crime they did not personally commit. Uh, and is a violation of the United Nations Charter, which specifies that one state may attack another only under two conditions. One, if they confront an imminent attack, an imminent threat, which is obviously not the case in this instance, or, number two, if they have the permission of the Security Council, which, of course, would not have happened here because Russia would have vetoed any such resolution. But particularly, it would have been lampooned. It would have been ridicule, Because Assad had no chemical weapons and the UN verified it. Here's a, here's a summary of the situation. Based on an obvious false flag that nobody believes, Trump launched about $90 million worth of Tomahawk cruise missiles at the Sherat Air Base in Syria. Out of those 59 missiles, It was actually 60, but one went into the drink. Only 23 actually hit the base, with most of those hitting the outskirts of the base and doing no real damage. 18 people were killed on the base, including Russian personnel. Many died fighting the fires rather than in the attack itself. Nine planes were destroyed, six of them 1960s vintage MiG-23s. The remaining 36 cruise missiles hit civilian targets, including the villages of Sherat, Al-Hamrat, and Al-Manzul, killing more civilians, including children. So Trump, in his fox fury over the fox-Assad crime of killing civilians and children, is killing civilians and children, and the base is back in operation less than 24, perhaps as little as 12 hours later. A former British ambassador to Syria, Peter Ford, has observed that Trump has now given jihadis a thousand reasons to stage fake flag attacks. Listen to this. Former British Ambassador to Syria Peter Ford told the BBC on Friday chemical weapons are now more likely to be used in Syria because jihadis know uh, a fake flag flag attack will trigger the U.S. to attack Assad. Quote, It's not going to end here. Because Trump has just given the jihadis a thousand reasons to sage fake flag operations, Ford said. Seeing how successful and how easy it is with a gullible media to provoke the West into intemperate reactions. So he and Vladimir Putin are on precisely the same stance here that we're going to have more false flag attacks, utterly embarrassing that the United States should be taken in so effortlessly. When 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 Donald Trump started talking about his emotional reaction to seeing the death of these children and these beautiful babies, I got a knot in my stomach because it was obvious already then that he had been played, that he was being induced into the belief that this had been a chemical attack by Assad, whom he had subsequently described as a butcher, when Assad is one of the three secular leaders in the Middle East who are bringing stability to the region, beginning with Saddam Hussein, who, yes, ruled with an iron hand, but had brought together the conflicting factions of the Sunni, the Shia, and the Kurds into a coherent, stable nation. Muammar Gaddafi, who had turned Libya into some kind of... uh, humane, the most humane society on earth with national health care, national public education, national warehouses stocked with food. If you had a medical problem that could not be dealt with in Libya, you would be flown with a friend or relative anywhere in the world, all expense paid by the government. He was introducing the Great Waterworks Project that would have turned uh, uh, northern Africa into a veritable oasis and the gold dinar which would have rapidly become the currency of all of Africa. Now, like Iran and like Iraq, Gaddafi had abandoned the petrodollar for trade in oil. And likewise, these were three nations where there was no Rothschild Bank. So when I learned that the first act of the alleged rebel group in Libya was to found a new central bank, I knew things were not as they were presented to be. We now know from WikiLeaks that any allegations of Assad abusing his own people, which were absurd on their face if you understood the actual history and his his largesse with regard to the Libyan people and sharing the benefits of Libyan oil revenue, was simply ridiculous, that in fact, the true motives were, number one, that Western banking interests were alarmed by the introduction of gold of the Gold Dinar. You can read that Rothschild banking empire. And number two, that France was alarmed at Gaddafi's growing influence and wanted to retain Africa as their private colonial preserve. WikiLeaks has never had a single email challenge for its authenticity. We learn those from the revelations that have come from Hillary's email server. Absolutely grotesque. And in addition, we know that Gaddafi was uh, put up no fight. He was willing to surrender. And in fact, he was traveling in a convoy under a white flag to a location specified by Hillary Clinton when his convoy was interdicted and Gaddafi was brutally murdered, castrated, sodomized, about which Hillary would cackle when interviewed on television, paraphrasing Julius Caesar, his remarks about the Gallic Wars, I came, I saw, I conquered. We came, we saw, he died. Cackle, cackle, cackle Hillary Clinton. This is the kind of despicable person Hillary Clinton is. And indeed, we also know now that the whole Benghazi fiasco and the death of four Americans, including Ambassador Chris Stevens, was engineered by Hillary Clinton. Chris Stevens was opposing the transfer of, of weapons, in particular shoulder-mounted surface air missiles. I take to have been stingers to the rebels because they could be used against commercial airliners. Hillary left him out on a, a limb, uh, allowed the location, their location, to become known, told the general who could have come to their assistance that they had been evacuated, which was false. Later, promulgated the fake story that it was this little trailer for the anti Islamic film, Innocence of Muslims, that parodies the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, makes him into a homosexual and uh, and philanderer, uh, which was outrageous, yes, but had nothing to do with the events in Benghazi about which he then subsequently lied, even to the parents of those who had lost their lives. A despicable woman. One of many reasons why a lot of us thought that Donald Trump was a preferable alternative. He promised to end the wars in the Middle East. He he bemoaned the squandering of 5 to $6 trillion there, which could have been better spent in the United States, and promised that would come to an end. Now, he is in the clutch of these neocons, and you have to understand now, uh, Flynn was eased out in order to get McMaster in. McMaster is among his other non-virtues, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations and a globalist. You have to understand, the Council on Foreign Relations is as deep state as it gets. McMaster, his new national security advisor, is a, is a member of the deep state. He is maneuvering Trump into an impossible position where he has now squandered, squandered his greatest asset. His greatest attribute, which was his apparent sincerity in wanting to work more closely with the Russians, because we now have Rex Tillerson, to whom Vladimir Putin gave a medal of friendship for their their cooperative relations vis-a-vis the energy industry, where Tillerson was formerly the CEO of Exxon Mobil, into now denouncing uh, uh, Putin, and even describing Russia as incompetent in removing the chemical weapons from Syria, which was a great diplomatic achievement. Uh, that Putin is not going to meet with Tillerson it re- reflects his utter contempt for the United States, being run by individuals who had squandered a false flag attacks, lie about what was going on there, who can no longer be taken seriously, Russia is not going to put up with any more nonsense. They have been stung enough. For background, WikiLeaks has revealed that the U.S., Israel, and Saudi Arabia planned the overthrow of the Syrian government back in 2006. The, 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 the Daily Mail online, U.S.-backed plan to launch chemical weapon attack on Syria and blame it on Assad's regime. East Gutha chemical attacks, 2013, U.S. back false flag killing Syrian children to justify a humanitarian military intervention. Get this, if you have any doubt that this was an orchestrated event. Susan Lindauer was a CIA asset and liaison to Saddam Hussein in the George W. Bush administration. She returned to the agency explaining that Saddam was so eager to avoid war with the United States that he offered to buy a million cars a year for the next 10 years. In fact, as Susan was leaving, he added, and if that's not enough, make it 20. Imagine how much better off the United States would be if we simply accepted Saddam's offer to purchase a million cars a year for the next 20 years instead of undertaken this ill-fated intervention in in Iraq. But that's ignoring the fact that 9-11 was set up, it was staged in order to bring about precisely this result. It appears to have originated in the fertile imagination of Bibi Netanyahu, who organized a conference on terrorism, published a book, Terrorism, How the West Can Win, already in 1987, even prior to the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1990-91, where the Project for a New American Century, which was composed mostly of dual U.S.-Israeli citizens, the War Hawks, people like Paul Wolfowitz and Richard Perle, Dick Cheney, and a host of others, Donald Fife who would come into the new Bush administration in the Department of Defense, argued that there was a unique historical opportunity to create an American empire that would endure for the next 100 years, hence the title, The New American Century, if only we would move aggressively into the Middle East and exert military and diplomatic pressure outward from that geopolitically sensitive area. But it was all nonsense. There was nothing here for an American empire for the next 100 years. This was all to benefit Israel. 9-11 was constructed to create a pseudo-justification for American involvement in the Middle East, where Wesley Clark, when he returned to the Pentagon from serving as Supreme Commander Allied Forces Europe, that is to say, commanding General NATO, learned from another general, initially of a plan to invade Iraq, which caused him consternation. He said, Iraq? He said, they didn't have anything to do with 9-11. And the other general said, I know, sir, but that's the plan. And Wesley said, well, you keep me updated. And when he returned a month or so later, he encountered the same journal and said, are we still planning to attack Iraq? And the general said, oh, no, sir, it's much worse now. And he called him into his office and he said... We have just received a memorandum from Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld that the plan is to take out the governments of seven countries in the next five years. And Clark said, is it classified? And the general said, yes, sir. And Clark said, well, then don't show it to me. I may want to talk about it later. And eventually in 2007 at the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco, you can find his presentation online, Wesley Clark outlined the plan to take out the governments of seven countries in the next five years, beginning with Iraq and Libya, ending with Syria and Iran. So it hasn't played out that way because of uh, Russia's intervention in Syria. But Assad is the last of the three secular leaders who were the mainstays of the Arab countries that served as a counterbalance Israel's domination of the Middle East, and Israel wants him out. Mark my words, Israel wants him out. And it appears that in addition to McMaster, that his son-in-law, uh, Gerald Kushner, is also an advocate for Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, in fact, one could infer that we actually elected Bibi president of the United States instead of Donald Trump. Well, here's that proof from Susan Lendauer, who shared this with me. Uh, it's an email she obtained from Sarah Abdullah. Wow. This anti-Assad reporter tweeted about the sarin attack in Syria 24 hours before it happened. Still think nothing fishy is going on? And here's the tweet in uh, Arabic, but translated. tweet says, Tomorrow, a media campaign will begin to cover intense air raids on the Hama countryside in use of chlorine against civilians. In the comments, Susan Lindau herself added major false flag in Syria expedited by McCain's secret visit to Syria in past two weeks against trump's willingness to accept assad's continuity uh the continuity of his regime uh, This is just a staggering this is just astonishing uh, where Vladimir Putin has in fact rebuked Bibi Netanyahu over his groundless accusations about the chemical incident in Syria. Russian President Vladimir Putin told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in a telephone conversation that it was unacceptable to make groundless accusations concerning the alleged chemical weapons incident that took place in Syria earlier this week. Yes, indeed, groundless. So here we have Nikki Haley spouting off at the UN, and here is a summation of her position. Look, I know that back in 2013, when we told you Assad gassed his own people, we lied. I mean, we made an honest mistake. And I know that back in 2014, when we told you Assad gassed his own people, we lied. I mean, we made another honest mistake. But you can trust us this time when we tell you Assad gassed his own people and we need to invade Syria. We are not lying mistaken this time. What an absurdity. And we even now have reports that uh, Petraeus, who was the mentor to McMaster, is working behind the scenes with McMaster to put troops on the ground in Syria to the tune of 150,000 on the ground, where we thought we had elected uh, Donald Trump to end the wars in the Middle East, not start new ones, as Russia Insider has reported. Moscow has submitted evidence, again, about this latest attack, uh, requesting a new Security Council resolution to conduct an investigation where Germany, France, and Italy are now on board. But where the position of the United States has become so absurd that the Pentagon is now hinting or implying Russia may have directly participated in Syrian chemical weapons attack Another insult, uh, another manifest absurdity that is going to cause Vladimir Putin to have nothing but contempt for the United States, where, as is now apparent, the inmates are running the asylum. I'll be right back. This is the conspiracy guy. Did you know that the police in Boston were broadcasting, this is a drill, this is a drill, on bullhorns during the marathon? That the Boston Globe was tweeting that a demonstration bomb would be set off during the marathon for the benefit of bomb squad activities. And that one would be set off in one minute in front of the library, which happened as the Globe had announced. That peering through the smoke, you could see bodies with missing arms and legs, but there was no blood. That the blood only showed up later and came out of a tube. That they used amputee actors in a studio-quality smoke machine. That the prosecution of the brothers blaming them for the crime was staged? Don't let yourself be played. Check out, and nobody died in Boston either. Available at moonrockbooks.com. That's moonrockbooks.com. Did you know that 9-11 was an inside job and that Osama had nothing to do with it? That the Twin Towers were blown apart by a sophisticated arrangement of mini or micro nukes? That Building 7 collapsed seven hours later because of explosives planted in the building? That Barry Jennings was there and heard them go off and felt himself stepping over dead people? The U.S. Geological Survey conducted studies of dust gathered from 35 locations in Lower Manhattan and found elements that would not have been there had this not been a nuclear event. Ironically, that means the government's own evidence contradicts the government's official position. 9-11 was brought to us compliments of the CIA, the neocons in the Department of Defense, and the Mossad. Don't let yourself be played. America nuked on 9-11.
1: If you're interested in America nuked on 9-11, contact me personally. My name's Gary King, and my phone number is 504 346-4095 at Patriot Radio Books. If you happen to be in New Orleans, just stop by at 5537 Canal Boulevard and have the books in stock or you can order them online at patriotradiobooks.com. 504-346-4095.
0: The Donald is trying to reconstitute his foreign policy by claiming we're not going into Syria. Among complaints that his aides are saying different things about Syria and his policy is confusing, President Trump emphatically cleared the air, quote, We're not going into Syria, he told Michael Goodman yesterday in an exclusive interview. Our policy is the same. It hasn't changed. We're not going into Syria. The president, speaking by phone Tuesday, called Syrian President Bashir al-Assad a butcher in a barbarian barbarian for using sarin gas on his own people, but said last week's successful missile strike was not the start of a campaign to oust the dictator, which only suffers from the facts that it wasn't Assad who used the gas and it wasn't sarin gas. Otherwise, he seems to have a real grip on the problem. Our big mission is getting rid of ISIS, Trump said. That's where it's always been. But when you see kids choking to death, you watch their lungs burning out. We had to hit him and hit him hard. Again, reminiscent of the emotional impact of the young Kuwaiti girl testifying before Congress. He called the attack, which involved 59 cruise missiles fired from two Navy destroyers, an act of humanity. Asked if he, as a new president, found it difficult to make the final decision knowing the stakes. It's very tough to give that final go-ahead when you know you're talking about human life, he said. We went back and forth and also back and forth about severity. We could have gone bigger in terms of targets and more of them. But we thought this would be an appropriate first shot. Later, he added, we hope he won't do any more gassing. Well, since he didn't do this gassing, after all, and hadn't done past gassings that were fabrications, there's a very good chance he won't do more. But as Vladimir Putin has predicted, there's every reason to believe there will be more false flag attacks. Now, you're in short-term political gains with long-term catastrophic consequences as I see it. A CBS News poll, for example, showed a 57% approval of U.S. airstrikes against uh, Syria 36% disapproval, where the approval breakdown was 40% Democrats, 52% independents, 84% Republicans approved. Disapproval, 53% Democrats, 38% independents, only 11% Republicans. President Trump's overall approval ratings edged up, though most respondents voiced unease with his approach to Syria going forward and say Congress must authorize further actions there. Few Americans are willing to see the U.S. get involved in Syria beyond the use of airstrikes. Only 18% would want ground troops. Half of Republicans would limit involvement to either airstrikes or diplomacy. And Democrats would largely focus on diplomatic efforts. Then we have Rex Tillerson, who is in Italy, visiting with the Italian president, declaring that Russia must choose between Assad and the U.S. I mean, this is absurd. Tillerson says it's unclear whether Russia failed to take seriously its obligations in Syria or has been incompetent, but he says that distinction, quote, doesn't much matter to the dead. He says of the recent chemical attack, we cannot let this happen again, but it's embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing to have the wool pulled over the eyes. I think not. They had to know better. This is just disgusting. Russia Insider has appropriately observed Turkey should be the prime suspect in Syria gas attack. Sir- Turkey, which supplied poison gas for the 2013 Ghouta false flag attack, sees no need to investigate last week's alleged chemical weapons attack from Russia Insider. Turkey is, in principle, uniquely placed to call for an independent investigation into the chemical attack in the northwestern Syrian province of Klip on April 4th. It, Itlib borders Turkey and is well known that extremist groups, al-Qaeda affiliates controlling the province, have enjoyed covert support from Turkish intelligence, which has trained them, equipped them, and guided them in the past in a joint enterprise with the CIA and the U.S. Gulf Arab allies. Yet, curiously, the uh, uh, Turkish president is shying away from demanding an independent inquiry, insisting, quote, we have the radar information and we have the forensic reports. Some say Syria does not have chemical weapons. Of course it does. It's clear which grains dropped it. Now just think about it. You have planes coming in for an attack. Then you have the effect of the chemicals coming up from the depot. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the planes dropped chemical bombs, but rather conventional weapons on what they believed was an ammo depot, and instead it turned out they'd replaced uh, the supplies with gas. To fake it, very clever, because then the U.S. has these radar tracks of the planes coming in. Remember, we'd been warned, notified in advance. All this was very simple for a false flag. Another neocon puppet. Trump's former backers jump ship after Syria airstrike. Excellent commentary here from Paul Joseph Watson. I guess uh, Trump wasn't Putin's puppet after all. He was just another deep state neocon puppet. I'm officially off the Trump train. Ann Coulter similarly says she may have to change the title of her book. Friday, Ann Coulter said she may have to change her book title from In Trump We Trust to In Trumpism We Trust after President Trump's attack on Syria. If we wanted meddling in the Middle East, there were other candidates to vote for, Coulter said, Trump was very clear, and he was very right, and that's why Trumpism will live on, whether or not he believes in it anymore. So she's, of course, alluding to the positions he took as a candidate, as Trumpism, versus the actions he's taking as president. Here we have Rex Tillerson making the completely absurd demand that Russia end its support for Syria. As Paul Craig Roberts has observed, Washington has now crossed Russia's red line. This man, whom I regard as our nation's leading public intellectual, has published the following Washington's military attack on Syria is unambiguously a war crime. It occurred without any u n authorization and even the fake cover of a co- or even the fake cover of a coalition of the willing. Washington's attack on Syria occurred in advance of an investigation of the alleged event that Washington is trying to use as its justification. Indeed, Washington's story of Syrian use of chemical weapons is totally implausible. All chemical weapons were removed from Syria by Russia and turned over to the U.S. and its European allies. Syria has no such weapons and has no reason to use them, and every reason not to. Moreover, it's none of Washington's business whatsoever what weapons Syria uses against terrorist forces seeking to overthrow the Syrian government. Governments in Europe, Canada, Australia, and Japan have not condemned this war crime. Indeed, the U.S. foreign minister has declared U.K. support. Thus does the West reveal once again its hypocrisy, as Russia has made clear. The alleged chemical weapons attack is every hallmark of a Washington orchestrated event in order to launch U.S. military attack on Syria. As a Russian defense ministry explained, the U.S. air attack had to have been planned in advance of the alleged chemical weapon event. The U.S. airstrike on Syria required advanced planning, but followed immediately the event used as the excuse. In other words, it was an orchestrated event. And now, to confirm Paul Craig Roberts' observation, Putin tells the world, attacking Syria again You'll need to get through me. Russian battleship is positioned between U.S. warships and runway hit by Trump's airstrike as Vladimir makes his move. I mean, the situation is appalling because Donald Trump has now squandered the greatest virtue of his relationship with Vladimir Putin, which was trust. This is like a a wife discovering her husband has been unfaithful. And then his professing he won't do it again. The trust is broken. The trust is gone. Putin can never again take for granted that Donald Trump speaks as an honest voice, as a sincere human being, rather than as a hypocrite and a war criminal. Interestingly, Hillary Clinton, just hours before the cruise missile attack, did an interview And uh, I'm trying to ascertain, I'll have to spend more time as to whether this really is Hillary, because I just presented at the Free Your Mind conference evidence of Hillary using four or five body doubles, and it's increasingly appearing to me as though the reports, and there were three, the night of the 9-11 memorial event where she collapsed, that she had died, may well have turn out to, in retrospect, have been true. I I have not seen anyone who appeared to me to be the authentic Hillary Clinton since. So we have this very outrageous uh, situation taking place. So, uh, you know, here she's saying, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, the former Secretary of State, gave a wide-ranging interview in New York Thursday where she called on the U.S. to carry out airstrikes on Syrian airfields in order to prevent more chemical attacks on its citizens. I really believe we should have and should still take out his airfields and prevent him from being able to use them to bomb innocent people and drop sarin gas on them. Clint made these comments during an interview with New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristof at a women's summit. It's also the case, as Rand Paul has emphasized, that in attacking Syria, Trump breached the War Powers Resolution. He attacked without congressional authorization, violating the U.S. Constitution and the War Powers Resolution, a series of barriers Congress erected in the wake of the Vietnam War to defend the constitutionally mandated role of Congress in deciding when the U.S. will use military force if the U.S. has not been attacked. This outer wall of the War Powers Resolution is Section 2c which affirms that if the u.s has not been attacked the president must receive congressional authorization to use force rand paul will be all over that just to see how far the left wing is going to try to convolute what's going on here msnbc's host uh, this is lawrence o'donnell offers the conspiracy theory what if putin planned the syrian chemical attack to help trump i mean this is bizarre There's no evidence for it. There never will be evidence for it. But the false flag attack is something he can't seem to acknowledge. Embarrassing. But that's the state of the American media today. Former officials have warned Trump on the Syrian escalation, uh, where, where the New York Times has reported Tillerson warns Russia on Syria, saying Assad era is coming to an end. A group of prominent former intelligence and other officials have released a statement warning President Trump We write to give you an unambiguous warning of the threat of armed hostilities with Russia with the risk of escalation of nuclear war. We believe it is of transcendent importance to prevent relations with Russia from falling into a state of complete disrepair. The signers include Anne Wright, Peter Van Buren, Scott Ritter, Colleen Rowley, David McMichael, John Curiacou, John Brady Kessling, Matthew Ho, and William Binney some of whom are among the very best of our intelligence agencies, uh, in, 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 including uh, Philip Giraldi, Elizabeth Murray, and Ray McGovern. Will he pay attention? Who knows? Here's here, reaffirming the best way to help Israel is to overthrow the regime of Bashar Assad, uh, I mean, just straight neocon agenda, straight destroy seven nations in the next five years, just the worst of the worst, where the United States has become the greatest aggressor, the greatest terrorist nation in the world, along with its steady ally in the Middle East, Israel. Indeed, we now have the question raised, was Israel the reason for the U.S. strike on the Syrian military base? After the U.S. missile strike in Syria, many may have wondered why the Al-Shehraat airfield was a target. In other words, what was so important about this air base as opposed to all others? The Trump administration, for its part, claimed that they targeted chemical weapons being stored at the base, and that this particular base was where the chemical weapons originated. However, in order to believe the Trump administration, you have to accept there was a chemical weapons incident that was not staged by white helmets, for example, and that Syrian military The Syrian military intentionally gassed civilians. One would also have to believe that the Syrian government still has access to chemical weapons and would actually have the motivation to use them against non-combatants. One would also have to believe that the chemical weapons were stored at this base and that the United States targeted these weapons specifically. Uh, It would be ill-advised, however, to believe any of these statements, (coughs) However, there may be a reason kept quiet by the U.S. administration that stands as the real motivation behind the U.S. strike, namely that the base bombed by the Trump administration is the same base from which Israeli fighter jets were shot down after launching their own illegal strikes into Syria. As a Syrian analyst, uh, Er Alfred Dogger, wrote in The Duran, the Al-Sharat airbase was the place from which Syria fired anti-missile <coughs> SAM rockets at attacking Israeli warplanes two weeks ago. Syria downed one of the four warplanes, hit another, and forced the remaining two fighter jets to quickly fly out of Syrian airspace. Uh, I expect that Russia is now going to enforce a no-fly zone for foreign nations, that Israel and the United States are not going to have the opportunity to to abuse their knowledge of what's been going on here. It's a shocking situation that he has so dramatically squandered all of the benefits from his initiation of being open and friendly and wanting to improve relations with Russia. That opportunity is now gone, dead permanently, cannot be resurrected. Here's an interesting aside, by the way, in relation to Hillary Clinton. Uh, Vince Foster's uh, uh, exhumed body was apparently stolen and burned, so they couldn't confirm exactly how he had died. Uh, Investigators who had given him approval for him to be reinterred, but during the inspection of the grave, it was discovered that the exhumation crew had cracked the concrete vault that held his casket Requiring it to be replaced. When they took out the old vault, they made a horrible discovery. A body wrapped in an old tarp had been buried beneath Foster's vault. The body was removed and taken and sent to a Navy hospital in Norfolk, from which it was identified as Margaret Sangway, a young woman thought to have run away from home in 1994. Sangway, as it turns out, worked as a White House intern from 1993 until her disappearance. She was listed in the FBI as a missing person till now. But the question is, what happened to her? How did an intern during the Clinton administration end up dead and be buried under Vince Foster's vault? Gee, that's a tough one. Tulsi Gabbard of all per- people, who's a wonderful person, co- Democratic Congressman, under fire after refusing to accept the 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 Assad did the chemical attack, attack meme without evidence. Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. Has provoked a backlash from senior Democrats after refusing to take Syrian President Bashir al-Assad's complicity in the I- I- li- chemical attack at face value and demanding proof, which everyone ought to do. That's complemented by surprise, surprise. Susan Rice changes her story on the unmasking of Trump transition officials, denies wrongdoing. Just two weeks ago, former White House National Security Adviser Susan Rice told PBS she knew nothing about the unmasking of Americans, specifically Trump campaign officials or transition team members. Now, however, she's acknowledged doing it and claiming it's part of her job. Now we have her revealed to have ordered detailed spreadsheets on the Trump and his transition officials. In response to a question Tuesday from NBC reporter Andrea Mitchell, former Obama White House National Security Advisor Susan Rice, and this, of course, is uh, last Tuesday, not this, denied that she had prepared spreadsheets of surveilled phone calls involving Donald Trump and his aides. The Daily Caller News Foundation investigation group, however, reported that Rice ordered the spreadsheets to be produced. In addition, former U.S. Attorney Joe DeGeneva, one of their sources, said Tuesday in response to Rice that her denial would come as quite a surprise to the government officials who have reviewed dozens of those spreadsheets. It's utterly embarrassing. Apparently, Susan Rice was not alone in unmasking Team Trump. This is a story about which you would have read more had it not been overwhelmed by the Syrian missile attack. Indeed, it comes out. Obama granted Hillary access to highly classified material while she was running for president. In a stunning report for Fox News, and this actually was originally published back on April 5th of 2017. No, just published on April 5th. Of 2017. A stunning report from Fox News indicates that the Obama administration granted former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and six of her top aides access to top secret and classified information even after she left the State Department in 2013, even after she announced a run for the White House in April of 2015, and even after FBI Director James Comey declared that Clinton and her staff had been quote, extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. Representative, R- Republican Senator Chuck Grassley made the startling revelation in a letter to Secretary of State Rex Tillerson knowing that Clinton asked for access to the classified information because she was writing her memoir, Hard Choices. I must, must add, it's not clear that she does not still have that access. It would have been very useful in unmasking uh, Michael Flynn continuing to have that access and to run her sabotage operation against the administration of Donald Trump. Her, her role in history is going to be deplorable. Now we have the interesting event that Sean Spicer has apologized for a Hitler comparison. It was a mistake to do that. White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer apologized Tuesday. That's this Tuesday. After saying Adolf history, Adolf Hitler didn't even sink to using chemical weapons during World War II in an effort to shame Russia's alliance with Syrian President Bashir al-Assad and his use of chemical weapons, the comment was immediately decried, and after a series of attempts to clear up his words, Spicer apologized in an exclusive interview with CNN's Wolf Blitzer. Now, what's fascinating to me about this is that there is a parallel in the following fashion. Uh, Bashir al-Assad did not use chemical weapons uh, in Syria and Adolf Hitler did not use gas chambers to exterminate Jews I have had my second book banned by amazon.com the first that nobody died at, at at Sandy Hook 2015 was banned Uh, where you can find, you know, 15 contributors, including six current or retired Ph.D. college professors. You can find the latest installment, which I also presented at the Free Your Mind conference under the heading Sandy Hook Charade. Noah Posner was Michael Vabner as a child, where we demonstrate that they faked the child Noah Posner by using photographs from his childhood of the person alleged to be his older step-brother, Michael Vabner. Records kept by the International Committee of the Red Cross who had visited the camps and kept meticulous information of the identities of those who died, their cause of death, their race, their religion, and so forth, discovered that not one had been put to death in gas chambers, and the total in 1993, when it recalibrated its numbers, was 296.81 combined, even rounding up to an even six. 100,000 victims, gypsies, Jews, and the mentally and physically infirm the empirical evidence contradicts the contention that 6 million Jews were put to death and, and therefore falsify that, char- that characteristic claim of, about the Holocaust. Indeed, anyone who wants further information should uh, review the article by Robert Faurisson about the Zondel trials of 1985 and 1988, which you can find online. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Ernst Zondel was a prominent Canadian who had denied the historical accuracy of the Holocaust narrative. He was put on trial twice. During the first trial in 1981, the leading expert on the Holocaust was forced to admit that he, he had no direct information. He'd never visited any of the camps. And indeed, the prosecution was unable to produce even one witness who could swear to having observed Anyone put to death in gas chambers? Now, what happened during the second trial in 1988 was even more sensational. The Luchter report. Ernst Zundel, in possession of correspondence I had exchanged in 1977-78 with the six American penitentiaries outfitted with gas chambers. This is Robert Forisson. I am quoting gave attorney Barbara Kulizak the job of getting in touch with the chief wardens of those penitentiaries in order to see if one of them would agree to appear in court and explain how a real gas chamber operates. Bill Armantrout, chief warden of the penitentiary at Jefferson City, Missouri, agreed to testify and in doing so pointed out that no one in the USA was more knowledgeable about the functioning of gas chambers than Fred A. Luchter, an engineer from Boston. I, Robert Forasson, went to visit Leuchter on February 3rd and 4th, 1988. I found that he had never asked himself any questions about the gas chambers in the German camps. He had simply believed in their existence. After I began to show him my files, he became aware of the chemical and physical impossibility of the German gassings, and he agreed to examine our documents in Toronto. After that, at Zundel's expense... He left for Poland Poland, with a secretary, his wife, a draftsman, a video cameraman, and an interpreter. He came back and drew up a 192-page report, including appendices. He also brought back 32 samples taken on the one hand from the crematories of Auschwitz and Birkenau at the site of the homicidal gassings and, on the other hand, in a disinfection gas chamber at Birkenau. His conclusion was simple— there had never been any homicidal gassings at Auschwitz, Birkenau, or Mandjak. On April 20th and 21st, 1988, Fred looked appeared on the witness stand at the Toronto courtroom. He told the story of his investigation and presented his conclusions. I am convinced that during those two days, I was eyewitness to the death of the gas chamber myth, a myth which, in my opinion, had entered its death throes at the Sorbonne Colloquium on Nazi Germany and the extermination of the Jews, June 29 to July 2, 1982, where the organizers themselves began to grasp that there was no proof of the existence of the gas chambers. So my second book has now been banned by Amazon.com, entitled, and I suppose we didn't go to the moon either, where I was so startled by the discovery of a photograph of the British soccer team at Auschwitz, I put it on the back cover with a question, What? You didn't know there was a U.K. soccer team at Auschwitz? It turns out more Catholics and Jews died at Auschwitz, that it wasn't an extermination center, it was a labor camp, and you can't get any work out of a corpse. It's embarrassing. I spoke on several of the subjects here. Uh, at, 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 uh, well, several. there are five different subjects covered by this particular book, including four about the moon, moon landing hoax, Or two YouTubes I've recently done with Dennis Camino have put the quietus to that myth. Look up the moon landing hoax with Dennis Camino under the heading The Real Deal. You'll be blown away. We didn't have the compulsion power. We didn't have the computing power. Uh, We didn't have the communications capacity. The whole thing was an elaborate ruse. Unbelievable. Four chapters on the death and replacement of Paul Paul McCartney. Perhaps the second most emotional issue I've ever dealt with after... That of Sandy Hook, where most people are so wedded to the uh, emotional impact of the idea of 20 children and six adults having been killed there, they can't let it go. Two chapters on the first death of Saddam Hussein, two chapters on the second death of Osama bin Laden. But also, and this is why the book was banned, four chapters on the Holocaust, three by leading experts on the Holocaust, and my summary overview including one by Thomas Dalton, the author of The Holocaust Debate, a wonderful book which demonstrates that there have never been any documents to substantiate the claim that Hitler's final solution included the extermination of the Jews. Uh, A wonderful essay by uh, Robert Morrison about how the Allied bombing of Germany, which was a form of collective punishment, uh, that was a war crime. Interdicted the railroad lines to the camps and made it impossible to resupply them, leading to considerable starvation toward the end of the war. And also by Nick Kohlerstrom, the author of Breaking the Spell, a brilliant book that documents how the British government had cracked the German code and, were conf- and provided thereby a basis for verifying the International Committee of the Red Cross. This book of mine was banned because they were banning uh, all books that dealt with the Holocaust from the point of view of revisionist history, going back and looking at the actual evidence. Here, Here they have shredded and incinerated thousands of books. The explanation, easy. Voltaire told us, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize, taking off here and now in the U.S.A., Another story with which I conclude. Boston Marathon Bomber denied his extremist views in an FBI interview. He's been sentenced to death by lethal injection, but he had nothing to do with it. I demonstrate in the book, and nobody died in Boston either. We had tweets from the police. This is a drill. This is a drill. We had the Boston Globe tweeting. That a demonstration bomb will be set off during the marathon for the benefit of bomb squad activities. A second and one will be set off in front of the library and one minute. One minute later, it goes off in front of the Boston Public Library. As a former Marine Corps officer, an artillery officer, these were puff bombs, not powerful enough to kill anyone, unless perhaps you were sitting on the backpacks, which were black nylon. By the way, did not correspond with the backpacks that were photoshopped in for the young boys who were accused of it. And when you look through the smoke, you can see their bodies with missing arms and legs but no blood, which is a physiological impossibility. It's a shame. Check out the Real Deal Boston bombing update or, for even further stunning confirmation, Boston Strom, the three Jeff Baumans. Thank you all for listening. Did you know that the license for the Pulse Club expired in 2013? That its legal occupancy was only 150? That if 50 had been killed and 53 wounded, there should have been abandoned cars all over the place? Did you know that the Dallas photograph of a series of officers behind a large wall was photoshopped? That they had to increase the size of the wall to fit the officers in? That they had orange blank adapters on their weapons? Did you know that Hillary has used body doubles? One following her collapse at the 9-11 event was shorter, weighed 35 to 40 pounds less, and looked at least 10 years younger. A Mae Ryan type, a second, on the plane to Greensboro, was taller and slimmer and looked more like Meryl Streep. We prove it all. Don't let yourself be played. Check out, From Orlando to Dallas and Beyond,
1: Hi, if you're interested in the book From Orlando to Dallas and Beyond then contact me in New Orleans at 504-298-6791 or you can go to PatriotRadioBooks.com That's PatriotRadioBooks.com 504-298-6791